Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name is Scott. I am here with my friend Brand. Sir, how are you today? I'm good, Scott. I'm good. Good. We're both wearing the same color shirt, and it's we all are. black. Uh, it's it's a wild <laughs> day for me. It's a wild day. It's a big day for you. Well, we're here to uh, get sad. We're getting sad this week. I don't know. That, I don't know. Popular opinion sad? <laughs> I, think I, don't know. People, I think most people consider Joy Division a sad band. Yeah, I get that. I, I get that people do. Yeah. <laughs> I but want... I, I don't get that. I don't necessarily get that either except for when it comes to personal band yeah, yeah when it comes to what happened and that's that's one of the things i know about joy division and also i have right off the right off the rip yeah at the end of last episode i said i think i know the band that spun out of joy division yes and then without the singer and i was like well maybe i'm thinking of the smiths with morrissey and no, no, I was so obsessed with this that I had to look up what band that I was listening to. And it's New Order. New Order. Yeah. And I actually got heavy into New Order for a while. Oh, did you really? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, I think I started listening through their discography and I think I got four in, four or five in. Oh, wow. I never got into New Order. So there's, so when we get to this record. Yeah. This wasn't entirely... It wasn't like brand a foreign, new to you. No, yeah. it wasn't entirely a foreign adventure for me. Because like, oh, I know this feeling. There's a lot of sounds. There's yeah. a lot of sounds in here. A new order was later, obviously, but it's still. Right. I mean, it's the same fucking guys, except yeah, for one. just minus Ian <laughs> Curtis. Yes. Yeah. But I just needed to say it because there was. What's the, what's that phrase? I had a something in my craw. Like I, th- oh, okay. like when you were like, I don't think so. And then I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm thinking about the Smiths. I was like, no, I know I'm fucking right. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew there was one. I just couldn't pull the band name. Yeah. The, yeah. the only band that was in my head at that time was Depeche Mode. And I knew that wasn't it. Yeah, that wasn't it. I was like, I know it's not Depeche Mode. Yeah. But then when I discovered that it was new order i was very satisfied myself i may have sat back kicked my feet up just so proud smoked a, long, smoked a long pipe 
just one of those Beaming really with long pride. like jrr yeah. tolkien pipes love it so yeah other than that though joy division i yeah. don't have other than that shirt that, that the, album cover the album cover of this record yep being on everything I don't know, every shirt that you could get every patch every sticker every shirt possibly it was the logo of hot topic for a short while oh, okay because <laughs> that those were the people that's that all were they were selling there. yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. then it just totally swung around and it was nothing but nightmare before christmas for a long time oh yeah it still might be. I haven't been to Hot Topic in a really long time. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Once they stopped looking scary from the outside, I think I was like, yeah. Maybe, maybe you maybe got soft. You got soft. It was after they stopped selling vinyl for me. Okay. I did go in there for a while afterwards because they still sold tees that you couldn't really find anywhere else. Mm, yeah. And as the t-shirt collector, I am. Yeah. I had to get in there, Scott. I had to, get I had to do it. But now there's zero reason. And that's why all, malls all across the country are not welcome to the economy cast we're here to talk about <laughs> malls mall culture the the finances of malls that's what this episode's about capitalism oh boy yeah awful awful podcast i feel one dirty that we're, neither of us are smart enough to do no but, but we might be smart enough to get into this joy division episode yeah i i knew the the sad thing like yeah. I that I always thought that they were maybe up there with the Smiths, like in the same like A B type thing, where it okay. was they were like emo godfathers. That's at least what I thought. I had sure. no idea otherwise. Even after listening to New Order, I kind of assumed that New Order may have been a different sound. Like I thought, oh, maybe that dude was the entire creative uh, uh what's his name? Ian. Ian Curtis. I thought that he may have been like the entire creative force behind Joy Division, and then the band changed and it was different. And mm-hmm. come to find out. Not so much. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you will have the notes for me, Scott. So please. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know anything about New Order. That's, that's no. I mean, what I'm saying yeah. You will tell me about the creative structure of oh, Joy yes. Division, so yeah, then yeah. I can confirm my suspicions for sure. Well, Joy Division were an English rock band that formed in Salford, England, in 1976. The group consisted of vocalist, guitarist, and lyricist Ian Curtis, guitarist and keyboardist Bernard Sumner bassist peter hook and drummer stephen morris okay it was stephen morris ian curtis's nope those are two different names nope what the fuck just happened i have no idea what are you talking about i don't know i in my head uh-huh. ian curtis yeah and morris had yeah. the same last name oh wow no nope. you just said them i yeah, i did and in my head i was like oh they're they must be brothers Nope. No, no clue. No they, clue what happened, Scott. I don't know both why. End with S. I don't know why I thought that it. Was, it's not even close. No. We gotta wrap this up. <laughs> let's let, let's wrap this thing up. I don't know what happened. On June fourth, nineteen seventy six, childhood friends Sumner and Hook separately attended the Sex Pistols show at the Manchester Lesser Free Trade Hall. So separately, two friends went to the same show, which is kind of weird feeling to me. Like if I had a friend, so they were friends at the time, yeah. Or, oh wow, okay, yeah. They were childhood friends. But is it is that a thing where like they're childhood friends and then you grow apart a little bit because you don't really have that much in common? But then you go to the show and you see each other and you're like, oh my god, and we're both but, into it again. I don't know, but that that just felt weird to me. I've had friends like that though, where like yeah. we were childhood friends. I mean, sadly, not. And I guess it's the perfect episode for this. Most of my <laughs> childhood go. friends are dead. Oh, yeah. So like that's that's a bummer. But I have definitely had childhood friends that you grow apart and then you eventually come back together because you find like a common 
something common that you guys are both into at the time, even just at sure. the time. It doesn't even have to be like consistent. Yeah. And that's happened. I don't think I've ever went to a friend a show separate from a friend. I never have. I mean, I've seen friends at shows that I like we all know there's different levels of friends. Yep, we sure do. <laughs> so like the friends that you're that you would never invite to the show, you might see them there. And be like, oh hey, I'm gonna go over there. And I'll be just as excited to see those people. But oh, okay. there's a difference between being at a show and running into somebody somewhere or riding in a car with them for an extended period true. of time. Very true. I don't know. I think I'm very particular in who and this is a, this is one of those times where I say vibe with is real. Like my, <laughs> right. my body vibrations and your body vibrations might not be the same. Right. So like you here we go, Scott, like we talk about our tempos. You might be idling at a higher tempo than me. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can hit that that hard. Right. But yeah, okay. They met yeah. they, they they the already friends went to the sex pistol show. Say, yep. Right. They were both inspired by the pistols' performance. Sumner said that he felt the pistols quote destroyed the myth of being a pop star, of a musician being some kind of god that you had to worship. I, I never once thought that the Sex Pistols were doing anything but heroin and playing punk music. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I never, yeah, I never saw them as. I mean, I guess you had to be though. But yeah, that it's a weird conundrum. It's inherently punk to be like that. Yeah. But to be like that is also like a statement. It's weird. Yeah. Like, at what point are they just fulfilling the punk prophecy right. versus being being the lead? It's weird. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It is really weird. I'm sure there's thesis is done on that. Thesis I'm I. sure. I, I've never really been a Sex Pistols fan. Like, I, I own Nevermind the Bollocks here's Sex Pistols. I don't spin it. Hardly ever. I like the hits. Obviously, I think the hits are good. God save the queen and anarchy in the UK. Yeah, that's about it. That's about I like it. those. And then th there is something about because the attitude was so much different than punk. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just punk at the time. There are bands that try to imitate it. But yeah. that that just you hear the punk snarl. It's I feel it's, like that's all they really stuff. had. Yeah. And was that them just being dickheads? Probably. I, I kind of feel that way. They were just assholes. Yeah. They happened to play punk. That picked up some instruments and decided to. And then punk did. And there are still people in the punk culture that think that nothing is more punk than being an asshole. And that yeah, sucks. I don't like it. It I don't sucks. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the following day, Hook borrowed 35 pounds from his mother to buy a bass guitar. The two formed a band with Terry Mason, who had also attended the Sex Pistols gig. Okay. Separately, of course, because nobody went to the show together. It sounds uh, like this might just be like a local show that the Sex Pistols it had just to be. like rolled through. Yeah, I mean, it was a free trade hall, so it was yeah. it was like a VFW. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sumner bought a guitar and Mason bought a drum kit. After their school friend Martin Gretz Gresty declined an invitation to join his vocalists after getting a job at a factory. The band placed an ad for a vocalist in the Manchester Virgin Records shop. Okay. Ian Curtis, who knew them from earlier gigs, responded and was hired without audition. So the band existed and they brought in Ian Curtis. Kind of. The kind, band... Is it kind of like Alice in Chains brought in Lane? Because you said it was Jerry's band. Right. 
but kind of that situation they didn't really have a vocalist to begin with okay whereas Allison Chains had Jerry Cantrell yeah Joy Division didn't have a vocalist they just had three dudes who decided to pick up instruments after watching the Sex Pistols so we had the Human League who <laughs> who picked up a guy because of yeah. how he dressed yep and now we have Joy Division who picked up a guy because they he, just knew him because because he well no because he answered an ad but but they didn't make him try out because they knew him because he went to the like similar shows yeah man music was different yeah right music was different sumner said that quote he knew he was all right to get on with and that's what we based the whole group on if we liked someone they were in all right yeah that was it that was the basis for starting this band. I, I just, I so dislike how these bands make these things sound like they're just the luckiest people in the world. Right. Yeah. Like, oh no, uh, you know, being in a band, Grammys, yeah. you know, whatever, millions of record sales. Simple. For real. Fuck we just you. put an, we just put an ad in a record store and came up with one of the greatest bands ever. It's no big deal. <laughs> anybody, wild. anybody could do it. Wild. The band started their career under the name Warsaw, which they settled on shortly before their first gig on May 29th, 1977. Okay, Poland represent, I guess. Yeah, uh, the show was at the Electric Circus supporting the Buzzcocks. Wait, it is weird that they call themselves Warsaw. Warsaw when they're from Europe, right? Like, that is weird. Yeah. That'd be like calling, like starting a band and just calling us Tijuana. (laughs) It's the same thing. We're on yeah. the same continent. Yeah. It feels gonna, weird. We're going to be Toronto. I don't know. Do you think it was actually Warsaw, like an actual saw? No. Like, do you think Poland even came up? No. <laughs> yes, I do. I okay. think it was. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Tony Tabak played drums that night after joining the band two days earlier. So, so you need. Yeah. They got rid of Terry Mason. Tony Tabak joined the band and then two days later played their first show opening for the buzzcocks what a solid start it's easy scott this music shit's easy yeah it really is uh reviews in nme by paul morley and in sounds by ian wood brought them immediate national exposure mason became the band's manager and tobacco was replaced on drums in 1977 by steve brotherdale so we have gone through three drummers now in the time span of like a less than a year i mean still still haven't settled on the final drummer yet yeah (laughs) i mean let's be real though just just program it into a keyboard at this point Uh, (laughs) if if we're being real about about what we're talking about here yeah anybody that's why the guy learned in two days there's not (laughs) really much going on back there um on july 18th 1977 warsaw recorded five demo tracks at Pennine Sound Studios. Uneasy with Brother Dale's aggressive personality, the band fired him soon after the sessions. Driving home from the studio, they pulled over and asked Brother Dale to check on a flat tire. When he got out of the car, they took off. Like a cartoon. Just like a cartoon. <laughs> like a cartoon. Hey, you want to go check that button? Hey, did you and hear that? I can, I can hear I'm the sure peeling away. I can hear yeah. the peeling away of the car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe okay. Maybe it's a maybe it's a it's it's a Europe thing. Maybe yeah. 
Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe. it's a European situation. Maybe. Uh, in August 1977, Warsaw placed an ad in a music shop window seeking a replacement drummer. <laughs> Stephen Morris, who had attended the same school as Ian Curtis, was the sole respondent. Only due to respond. We don't have a choice. Because they went through the rest of the drummers in the frigging town and already. Be- and because word got out that they abandoned a guy in the <laughs> middle of the highway. Yeah. Hey, could you see if we got a flat man? That's no. ridiculous. No. I will not check that <laughs> that's, tire. That's ridiculous. To avoid confusion with the London punk band Warsaw Pact, the band renamed themselves Joy Division. Um, on December 14th, the group had recorded their debut EP, an ideal for living and played their final gig as Warsaw on New Year's Eve at the Swing App, Swinging Apple in Liverpool. Billed as Warsaw to ensure an audience, the band played their first gig as Joy Division on January 25th, 1978 at Pip's Disco in Manchester. Okay. So they were like on the on the marquee. Warsaw. Warsaw on stage. Hey, we're Joy Division. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anything said on that stage was that excited. I don't think they would. <laughs> hey, hey, we're Joy Division. We're Ian Curtis stalks out. Hey, hey, we're 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 Joy Division. We're Joy Division. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our first show. Joy Division's debut full-length "Unknown Pleasures" was recorded at Strawberry Studios over three successive weekends in April 1979. Music shit's easy, Scott. You can do it it's in a easy. weekend. Three weekends. You can do it in three weekends. That's all you need. Record, mix, master, three weekends. That's it. Analog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On tape. 79. No big deal. 79. 79. So recorded and released in 79. Yeah. Okay. Producer Martin Hannett significantly altered the band's live sound, a fact that greatly displeased the band at the time. However, in 2006, Hook said that in retrospect, Hannah had done a good job and created the Joy Division sound. So just giving the credit to another guy. Just in 2006, though. <laughs> well, yeah, a little later. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Was that guy still alive to get those Probably flowers? dead. No, probably not. Yeah. That's why it was a safe thing to say. Yeah, what... he did it. Oh, you guys man. don't like it. It's that guy. Yeah. Wild. Uh, Unknown Pleasures was released on June 15th, 1979 and sold through its initial pressings of 10,000 copies. The cover artwork was designed by artist Peter Seville using a data plot of signals from a radio pulsar. So okay. that's what that is. Okay. I always thought it was a, a topographical map of a mountain range. Nope. Radio signals. Okay. I think there's some there's some bullshit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Bull, bullshit seems strong. Wow. Seem yeah. too strong. There's something like that and some craft work covers too, I think. Like oh, okay. it, it it just looks like dumb shit, but it all has a meaning. I don't know. Sure. Is there any note that they were aware of craft work? I feel like they had to have been, right? I'm sure they were. I, I feel like it's a necessity. Like yeah. I don't think you get to where they are at without on this album without at least knowing craft work. Yeah. I don't have anything in the notes about them, but okay. I imagine so. Much like how you can trace a lot of shit back to Deftones. Yeah, buddy. I think you could trace a lot of shit back to Kraftwerk. When it comes to electric, electronic yeah. type stuff, yeah. Like, like like sounds people have never heard. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like really doing wild shit. I, I'm a big fan of Kraftwerk. 
I have to be in a mood. I can't just sit down and blare crap work. <laughs> right. But I, I'm it's so interesting. Yeah. Good, we could argue about. That's one or the other, but right. it's interesting. Yeah. That's all the notes I have for Joy Division and the record. Let's get into what else was released June 1979. Okay. Okay, here we go. Short list. Yeah, uh, we'll see where I don't know, Scott. I don't know if I'll know any of these. I Oof, yeah, I don't know. Coming in on the eighth, we have Wings with Back to the Egg. I know that Wings is Paul McCartney. Yep, sure is. Paul McCartney and his wife, right? Yeah, but I don't yeah. know that in particular. I don't either. Coming out on the ninth, so the next day, Nick Lowe released Labor of Lust. I know the name. I do too. Couldn't tell you what it is, though. Nope, me neither. Coming out on the 11th, the knack with get the knack wonderful record yes really great phenomenal record. fucking record yes really really good another record probably really ahead of its time i think so yeah that's a big record there's some fucking hits on that thing yeah too. there is yeah, that's a great record yep coming out on the 13th we have the cars with candy o that's the one not with the, the girl on the cover it is that on one the, yeah that's yep. a huge record a too. Big, big record. Man, last time I revisited that record, I think I was debating it being a ten in my head. It's been a long time since I've I've listened to it. I I kind of want to go back and check it I, out. I think it's that good. Yeah, it's super good from what I remember. I don't know if there's a miss on it. I think <laughs> I think it's just heaters straight through. Yeah. Also on the thirteenth, we have Joni Mitchell with Mingus. The I know Jody Mitchell and the name Mingus as an album stands out, but I don't yeah. think I've ever listened to it. I know Blue. I think that's the only record of hers that I've listened to. Okay. Coming out on the 15th, we have Dire Straits with Communique. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing about Dire Straits. Not that record. But Not that. Brothers in Arms is the one. People won't shut the fuck up about. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, that's a that's a big milestone record from what still never the listen. entire world says. Still never listen. I don't think I have either. Coming out on the 19th, we have Blue Oyster Cult with Mirrors. Not the big one. Okay. Not the one with Fear the Reaper on it? No. I don't think so. Okay. And then I think the... Blue, I think Blue Oyster Cult were ahead of their time too, but I think they were playing metal but weren't treated as it. It's really weird. Okay. Like I, there was something softer about it, maybe, or they didn't because they didn't have the reputation all those other bands had. Like they right, were playing right. the same kind of music, but yeah, I don't want to say they were more respected, but maybe people just thought they were more toned down. I don't know. Maybe coming out on the thirtieth, we have Carly Simon with Spy. I don't think I know that one. Me boys, Boys in the Tree is that a Carly Simon record? Could be. I think that's one I know. If if that's a Carly Simon record, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's it for records that came out. Solid. That's it. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I know exactly what's on the billboard charts too. Just nothing for me. There might be some stuff. 79. I don't know. I don't have a Billboard 200, but I have the number one record of the time. Okay. And that was Bad Girls by Donna Summer. No. No. I couldn't pick that record out of a lineup of one. <laughs> no, no clue. Right. I have the Billboard Hot 100 though. It's weird to have a Hot 100 and not the 200. Yeah, because the 200 definitely existed. Yeah, I because I the 200 was per, was pre 100, right? Hot yeah, 100. I thought so, but I couldn't find it for this time. Okay. So Billboard Hot 100, week of June 16th, 1979, coming in at number five, 
Love you inside out by the Bee Gees. I do like the Bee Gees. I, I don't, don't know that song. I don't think I know that song either. And I'm not a huge Bee Gees fan. I like the Bee Gees a lot. Yeah. My mom's a huge Bee Gees fan. Is she? Uh, but I, I do like the Bee Gees. That, I think the Bee Gees are what made me realize, like, no, you can listen to some disco. Yeah, sure. Like, it's fine. Like, it's good. And then I ventured farther in and I was like, some of it's not. Some of of it is not. (laughs) Yeah. Coming in at number four, we have Just When I Needed You Most by Randy Van Warmer. I don't know if I could tell you who that even is. I have no idea. Randy Van Warmer. No. Sounds like a solo project from a guy from Leonard Skinner. It it very well might be. (laughs) I don't know. Coming in at number three, Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. I know Ring My Bell. I feel like I would. I don't know it from the radio, though. I feel like it was probably in a movie or something. Maybe. Because I feel like that wouldn't pop up in <laughs> in my like musical in your realm journey. Yeah. yeah. It's not just popping up, ring my bell. It had to be in something, but I yeah. know it. Coming in number two, we have We Are Family by Sister Sledge. We are family. Yeah, I think yeah. I have that. I think I have that vinyl. Do you? I think I do. I know I have at least a Sister Sledge. That, that song is played at every wedding. I'll tell you one wedding it wasn't played at. <laughs> yours mine i i think somebody requested it at ours and you didn't play it or you did play it i uh, i think it did get played yeah wait did you at your wedding did you have a list of songs you didn't want played do you know that's a thing now i did not know that was a thing i had a list of songs that needed to be played okay i would i would if we would have had like a full dj situation it mm-hmm. would have been like i would have had a list of do not plays oh yeah that would have been what I would have. I, I don't care what else you play. Anything Just else. Do Just not play not these, these ones. Yeah. yeah. Celebration. Uh, it would. And here's the bummer, though. This is why I'm kind of glad we didn't do a big DJ thing is because mm-hmm. I hate organized dances that the song teaches you how to dance and then people that oh, don't know yeah. how to dance. It's great for people. Like people love it, but yeah. something about it makes me so uncomfortable. The cha-cha slide. The cha-cha slide, the WAP. The Cupid Shuffle, uh, name them all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They yeah. all make me uncomfortable. And it's it's like a car crash. When it's happening, I have to walk. <laughs> I can't. And I'm staring and then just my skin is crawling. I hate yeah. it. I hate it so much. Yeah. But I get that. Why, I get why they're popular. It makes sense. Yeah. Do it. Do yeah. it. But I am. I, I can't take my eyes off it. And I hate it. It People makes my skin crawl. Them. It makes People my skin crawl. Yeah. It sucks. Coming in at number one, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. Man, Got some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Got wow. some hot stuff, baby, tonight. Yeah, that is a huge hit. I know that hit as well. Yeah. and I, But again, I don't know where I would have heard it. I think it's probably one of those that's just always existed. Probably. <laughs> Since it came out, it's been in the, the zeitgeist. Yeah. I got a few more on the charts that maybe we're more familiar with. Okay. Coming in at number 19. I want you to want me by Cheap Trick. Yeah, love that song. Mm, I haven't heard it in years, so I think yeah, I think it would be all right. There was a time where it was overplayed. I heard oh, it too yeah, much for sure. Definitely heard yeah. it too much, but I think I think now it would be a good. Song. It's like the Thin Lizzy, the Boys Are Back in Town. I love that song. That was overplayed for a while, but sure. now I think I'm good with it. I love that record. That record as a whole, Jailbreak, is phenomenal. Coming out at uh, coming in at number twenty two, we have Renegade by Styx. That is a big song. That is a big that, song. That's also a staple of, and I don't know why my mind goes here, 
that is a song that would be playing all the time on the outside speakers at gas stations. <laughs> oh, Renegade, who had it made? Like, you're yeah. just filling up your gas. And I don't know why. I don't know I, either. I think there was some slight connection with the Pittsburgh football, with the Pittsburgh Steelers using it, I think, maybe. Okay. That might be why I heard it a lot, because maybe. it was used for them. Sure. But yeah, there's a connection to outside speaker gas stations, gas stations out, speakers outside of gas stations for me. Understood. I I did not make that connection myself. That's fair. And then the longest running at 27 weeks, coming in at number 93. Just hanging on. Just I will on. survive by Gloria Gaynor. Is that the? I will survive. Yes. I love as long that as song. I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. No, never in a million years did I know who that was. Yeah. But I do love the double G name. I don't even think I've ever heard the name Gloria Gaynor, which is unfair because no. that song's huge. Yeah, it is. It's a big, big song. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever even heard the name. Well, that's it for the charts. So, Brand, Joy Division, Unknown Pleasures, released June 15th, 1979. 10 tracks, 39 minutes, 28 seconds. What did you think of the first track, Disorder? Well, the first thing is I didn't know this was 79. Like that, it, okay. It, it, whenever I thought of this record, I think maybe mid 80s popped in my head, something All like right. that. Even yeah. after knowing New Order, I don't know if I ever knew their entire years History. their albums came out or anything, sure. maybe. So I didn't know if they were even later. But 79 yeah. felt really early for what I'm getting out of this. Okay. But for Disorder, I'm familiar with these sounds, but not this early of these sounds. So, like, okay. obviously, it's still the same sounds. But it yeah. definitely feels less fleshed out. It feels more, more new, if that makes sense. Sure. Like it, it feels more experimental than established. I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. I like the vocals when they are deep. Like when he's yeah. singing the deep vocals, mm-hmm. I like them. When they are not deep, when he's doing his either mid-range stuff or even like flaring up at the end of stuff, mm-hmm. I don't like the vocals. Oh, okay. I don't like what's going on there. Gotcha. But the deep vocals are good for me. He kind of reminds me of Jim Morrison a little bit. Funny you should say that. Oh, here we because go. Because I midweek I sent a message to Stick about Joy Division because I I just assumed that he had some inherent deep say, does, opinions of Joy does Division. Does he have anything about? Because he's that guy. Like he's yeah. the 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 emotional like music type of guy. And he said, "Man, yeah. I haven't listened to that in years. I'm going to revisit." And then, however long this record is, what thirty something. 39 minutes. Yeah. 39 minutes later, he sent me a message. He goes, this sounds like the Doors playing New Wave. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I didn't think about that beforehand. Yeah. And then after he said that, I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> right. That was so I'm it. glad you brought it up because if you didn't bring it up, I was going to claim that opinion for myself. Yeah, but gotcha. now, now that you brought it up, I have to I have to give Stick that, that credit. But. I, I can hear it now. I hear yeah. the, the Jim Morrison in there. And I don't think I dislike all doors. Okay. But I don't I don't think I can handle a full album of doors, if that oh. makes sense. Gotcha. Like I like some doors. And it, I again, love, I love it, the doors. It's a very mood thing for me. Yeah. They're super moody. Doors were right on that cusp of my dad almost ruining them for me. Gotcha. Like how he ruined the Beatles, the yeah. doors. If he like if he liked the doors a hair more, and he loves the doors, yeah. Like uh, Jim Morrison's book is one of the only books aside from The Hobbit my dad's ever read, so that tells (laughs) you how much he likes the doors. Yeah, 
I'm not turned off by anything in this the way I some doors turns me off though. Okay, let's, let's put it that way. All right, like but the sounds I, are maybe more interesting. I think that, and even if he does sound a bit like Jim Morrison at times, it's it's contained. It's it's. I hate saying this because I love the Doors, but it's like less pretentious lyrically. Yeah, he's not trying trying to he's not the lizard king he's not the lizard (laughs) also i read like the first two chapters of that book when i was way too early to understand what was happening oh yeah so if you didn't think that i thought jim morrison was a lizard (laughs) you're a lizard person i had no clue what i was reading when he's talking about this spiritual experience and becoming a lizard no idea what was happening when he was tripping on acid i've read so many doors biographies it's crazy (laughs) like so many i think i'm good with the one gotcha Although I, I may I may revisit what is it? Nobody in here gets out alive or something like that. That's one. That's well, that was the big one, wasn't it? Didn't they make the movie out of that one? I've read for real, I've read so many. I think that was the big one. I think that's the one they made the movie out of. Okay. But I maybe I'll revisit that one, but I don't see myself reading another Doors book. I don't think I think I'm good with the one. I've read them from all like all the other members wrote biographies autobiographies i've read every single one. Oh man scott i don't think i could name another person that was rayman zarek was no. the keyboardist robbie mm. krieger was the uh, guitarist and maybe john i've Den- heard that name john densmore was the drummer yeah no that was a big doors fan bro yeah no i had, I had some sick Doors shirts yeah but that was also when i had a bunch of led zeppelin shirts yeah right that was when I had That's some right. Grateful Dead shirts, Scott. Ooh. Ooh. I had some uh, sick Grateful Dead shirts, though. Rocking out teddy bears. But I ended up, it wasn't the teddy bears. I had one that had a, a <laughs> it was like a skanking skeleton in Rasta braids. Oh, that's wild. And it was a Rasta, like, Grateful Dead head on the back. Like, it was green and red. Okay, green, yellow, and red. Yeah, it was like a, it was like the Rasta head. I fucking love it. And it was red yellow and green tie-dye with the oh, v tie-dye wow. Dog, yeah. i was doing it <laughs> i was doing it. i also had like tie-dye bob marley shirts so that, that can give you an idea of where i was at but based off disorder i'm at let's see how this plays out okay because it's a solid track i got no problems with it yeah but though those parts of the vocals that i'm not liking i'm just like let's see how this plays out we'll see where this goes gotcha i was wondering how you're gonna still optimistic feel about his vocals because i know how you feel about like first first impressions on vocalists. Yeah. It's and a big lo- thing to you. Luckily it was the lower tone that got me. Okay, good. Cause like luckily the lower tone came out first. And I was like, yeah. all right. Okay. All right. Next song, Day of the Lords. Day of the Lords, yep. Slower moving. Mm-hmm. It's a slower moving song. I, I I'm appreciative of it because the slower moving means that his voice is probably going to be slower. And sure. that means it's probably going to be deeper. That's yeah. at least how my, my mind works for sure. And that's where I want these vocals. I want them slow, slow deep. and deep. Oh, that was ooh, pause. <laughs> that was, that's something. The shouted, where will it end is awful. <laughs> like it's an awful sounding it's, thing. Yeah. But it reminds me of some human link vocals. I was just going to say it, that part right there yeah. reminds me of that one. Um, shit. What was the line in that? I think it was like the second track in the human league. It reminds me of these are the things. These are the things, the things that dreams are made of. <laughs> Gosh, the way uh, he said tears. Okay. He he did that run on tears that went forever and yeah. Yeah, I didn't dig. 
Yeah, but that's good for me because yeah. I like the human league. Yeah. Objectively, I think it's bad. I don't think it's good. <laughs> right. But subjectively, because I like the human league, it works for me. So gotcha. I'm good on it. This one goes on a bit long, but not to a point where I'd hold it against it. I'm all right okay. with the track. I'm going to, again, we're still staying optimistic. We're, there we're, we go. We're moving I like through it. this. And two songs in, the sadness that I was expecting and like the depression that felt like it was in this, that, that everybody puts on this record, yeah. I don't get it. I'm not getting it. I'm yeah. not getting the two tracks in at least. And like I said, everybody, I think everybody puts it on all of Joy Division stuff because of what happened, Ian Curtis. What happened, yeah. Okay. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily feel like their music is overly depressing. If you want to equate depressing and sad with maybe emptiness, moody and because I think you bleak. could get away with calling some of this empty. The way it's produced, the way it's performed, there's not a lot happening at all the time. There and there's a lot of echo on the vocals, so it makes it seem more empty and depressing. The, maybe so, like desolation. Like I yeah. can see like the outskirts of those. Like those feelings are here. This is like the rung outside of them. Yeah, this is the mantle, Scott. To what <laughs> is the emo core? Is what I'm sure. Saying. I like it. Moving on to the next track, candidate. Candidate. The silence before and after every track is too fucking long. It needs cut down. I don't it's, know if it's only on the remaster or if that's how it is on the record, too. Yeah. But it's it's like just two seconds too long. Just that, the tiniest hair too long where you feel uncomfortable with it. Uncomfortable. And every single time, I think the album's over. It doesn't, <laughs> matter. it doesn't matter if I just started listening. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait. Are we done? It did Like, did my phone break? Yeah, right. Like what what happened? And then I get mad and I pull it out. It's like, oh no, the song's just starting. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose. If it was, kudos, because I get it. Yeah. I don't know if that was part of the remaster. I don't know if it I don't know. But I don't know. I haven't I haven't spun the vinyl in a while. Well, you have to do that and let me know if those I will silence it. You don't have the remaster vinyl, do you? No. Okay. What if you had one of those original 10K? I'd lose it, dude. (laughs) I that would be amazing. That's not that little enough of a number that I don't think it's. I think it's ten k and seventy nine to still be around though. Well, also you'd probably have a better chance if you went on vacation and where you were in Europe. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> like a secondhand shop. Yeah, you're not finding one at Second of Charles. No, definitely not. This is like a new wave doom song. Okay. And as a Doom guy, Scott, you know yeah, I'm a Doom guy now. You're a Doom guy now. Big, big Doom guy. This is the year of me being a Doom guy. It is. It, I, I'm I'm here for it. It's it's even slower. I'm only picking up about two thirds of lyrics, if I'm being honest. Okay. Like that, he's doing something at the end of some of these words. Maybe that's the Jim Morrison type stuff in there. Right. Got little inflections that change up. I'm yeah. not sure what he's doing. But the vibes on this, I like a lot. I like Heavy this. Vibes. I like this track a lot. Heavy new wave doom. Those are two things that I will put together and enjoy. Yeah, you're down. <laughs> I'm in for this. Moving into insight. These are the vocals I don't really like at all. They're okay. not. They're not deep enough. Yeah. Or maybe it's because they're not ending deep. Because he does. He does sing a bit deep, but then I think they're rising at the end rather mm-hmm. than either staying monotone or going down. He's doing like a little upswing a little at the up. end of them. Yeah. Also, if you would have told me in the first album that we did on the show that I would be talking about vocal inflections at the end of fucking <laughs> at the end at the of, end of lines at the end of lines and like the way we talk about producers and shit, yeah. I've realized the other day when I was editing, I was like, we are 
turning into pretentious dick. <laughs> like we we should be able to be talking about producers sounding this way. It's weird. It's weird. We're that's no longer. Happens. That's what happens after two years. We're no longer the common man's music podcast. I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Well, until they listen to us li- list all those seventies albums, we have no idea what they are. Right. <laughs> the laser sounds in this are incredible. Yeah. And I'm just picturing somebody in 1979 hearing those laser sounds. Right. And just going, what the some fuck of the, is going for on? For real, some of the sounds that happen in this record amaze me for their time. Yeah. Like, it's just wild that when they said Martin Hannett made the Joy Division sound, I wonder if it was all Him. these weird sounds coming in post-production that just made it crazy. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, without the sounds, and it, it might it, not be, it good. does It does sound that like a lot of the, the electric element mm-hmm. is added after the fact. Yeah. Like it sounds like that's added post. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I think without that, Scott, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Because it would just be real, for me, it would be really dull, slow singer songwriter stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That would not be what I was into. But you right. add that, that new yeah. wave lilt. <laughs> You had some lasers, and I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely in. Sadly, though, the lasers are really the only thing the song has going for it. I don't like the yeah. vocals, so it's not yeah. really a, it's not really a big winner for me. Sure, but it's got lasers. It's got lasers, Scott. So we're we're still we're still doing okay. It's still on the plus side. Yeah. Moving on to new dawn fades. New dawn fades. Vocals seem more at an attempt than actual singing here. Mm-hmm. Like he's not doing his character of whatever he was doing before. <laughs> right. It sounds like he's actually trying to sing, and I don't like it. No. I don't like it. Not it, feels, good. it feels like everything up until this point has been played behind a sheet. Okay. Like, you can just see kind of the, the silhouettes of everybody behind the sheet. Mm-hmm. And it's like he walked up, ripped down the sheet, wrapped it around his microphone, and thought he was Steven Tyler for a song. <laughs> like, he's actually trying to sing. <laughs> right. It's it's just it feels weird. The music still rips though. I like these yeah. sounds. It's I guess that's why I like New Order. I was like, gonna say I, it's the New Order thing. If I like New Order, I would I would like this music. So right. it, that makes sense to me. But to me, Ian ruins this one. Oh wow! <laughs> gotcha. I'm not, I'm not not trying to go after your boy Scott. No also, no no. You need to know I learned about Ian Curtis from the Thursday song. That's when I learned of who Ian Curtis was. Was it really? Yes. That's so wild. I think the name Ian Curtis of the Thursday song made me yeah. investigate what, I was say, who that into was. Who it was. Yeah. There may have been a time, a, let's call it a brief time, when I thought Ian Curtis may have been part of the band Thursday, Scott. There, <laughs> oh, there's a that would have been wild. That would have been wild. Moving on to She's Lost Control. Yeah. She's and, Lost Control again. And I'm rubbing my hands together. Just violent. Here we go, Scott. This is it. This is awesome. This yeah. song, the music, the vocals, the weird sounds, the production, there's like a very punk riff drowned in like electronic waves. Mm-hmm. It is excellent. And if I ever hear the genre or read, I guess it's read. If I ever read the genre like post-punk, this is yeah. kind of what this I hear. This is what you think? Like they're taking a punk riff, twisting it and making it something different or sure. burying it under the, the deep sea. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's yeah. wild. You could probably shave a minute off this, but I'll take the track being long because it's that good. Yeah, it's a good one. I think I'm focused more on the length of these because of the length in between tracks. Right. It makes me more aware that these tracks are ending and starting. Yeah, I gotcha. If that was done on purpose as an attempt to focus more on the songs themselves, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, you can say it worked, I guess. Yeah. Like you got, you're definitely more focused in when you're checking to see if it stops playing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Moving on to Shadow Play. Shadow Play. What a one-two punch. This yeah, one might buddy. be better. This might be better than the last track. There's spoiler, a weird, spoiler. It's my it's my favorite song on this record. There's a weird surf riff. Yeah, like it is with, wild. But it's a surf riff within the dark emptiness. It's like those. It's, it's like surfing at midnight in a cavern. It's like the waves that were burying that punk riff earlier took yeah. it out to sea, and now there's a surf riff in the middle of the ocean in yeah. the middle of the night. It's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea why this isn't called Waiting for You, though. That's the other thing. Because that shadow play maybe said It's a shadow play acting out your own death. I guess. I guess. But it sounds like Waiting for You is what this song should (laughs) have been called. This one would have been on the Billboard charts if it was called Waiting for You. (laughs) But I don't think that they were set out to write They weren't there for that. So They weren't there for that. But what a track, man. What a track. Shadow Play's excellent. Yeah, it is. Moving on to Wilderness. Mm -hmm. The vocals are right on the edge of my preference. They're right there by I like this, I don't like this. Yeah, you're in between. They're on the mountain peak almost. Sure. And then after the last two, this one's kind of a shrug for me. Even... Even yeah, if I a, do think it's a stronger song than some of the beginning of the album. Right. It's a hard come down. It, it's one of those things where we always talk about it. The best track on the record following that up. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's it's rough. It, yeah. It's it's hard to, especially coming off that one, two punch. Like it's yeah. not just one. It's trying to come. No, up, it's, it's come out of. Yeah. You thought uh, she's lost control was the best. And then you get shadow play, which yeah. is even better. And brings you up and then wilderness just kind of mm. yes yeah yeah it's it's definitely a shrug yeah I, I but again i think it's stronger than some of the beginning songs like it might be stronger than the opener if i'm being sure honest. Oof, i don't i don't necessarily agree with that but okay <laughs> <laughs> moving on to inner zone inner zone this i'm i'm really curious what you think of this one okay this it just sounds like a 70s rock song like to me, it doesn't quite fit into this record. It feels yeah. like it comes right out of the Sunset Strip. Like it feels like I got more of like the punk of the time, okay. like like uh, influencing this one. But I think even the punk of the time doesn't sound as bright as this. Like we we're coming off some bu- buzzcocks. <sighs> the riff feels really bright. I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe tune it down. Okay, and it would sound different, but. W- but again, it's the juxtaposition of we're coming off these dark, dreary songs, sounding yeah. wise. Because I'm going to be honest, we're almost to the end. I don't get the sad vibes in here. Even the song it's about just the, the like sound of play, I, I don't, think there's no. I didn't get sad once listening to this. I sure. didn't. And again, you know that that's a hard thing for me to reach with music anyway. Like, yeah. I don't really get to that you know, point with a yeah. lot of music. Right. I think I would really enjoy the song. If it wasn't within the context of this record, mm. because I like everything going on in it. Yeah. But it's not what I signed into this record for. Right. Like I put like, it's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shoreman. Like I work at the docks and I punched <laughs> in and they're like, Hey, go fix that car. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like that's, that's a completely different thing that I'm here to do. So gotcha. I wasn't prepared to come in and work on a carburetor. <laughs> I was prepared to come in and pull some, some crates off the dock. Right the dock where that surf riff was playing out. You know, you know it. It's like if somebody threw a pickle in trail mix, Scott, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm being honest. With. Like you're eating some trail mix and there's just a pickle in there. Like, what are we doing? Why is this here? 
I just don't know why that exists. <laughs> That's funny. I think there could. I think I could have come up with a better metaphor because I don't like pickles. I, I don't do like, like pickles. I hate pickles. I do like the song. Yeah. But it doesn't fit the album for me at all. Gotcha. So moving on to the closer. I yeah. remember nothing. I remember nothing. Now the vocals here, Scott. Yeah. Really feeling like early REM to me. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I'm hearing murmur in here. I'm hearing some reckoning in here. It's, I mean, it could be Michael Stipe at moments. Like the, oh, yeah? the tone is identical to some wow. early REM. Identical. Okay. And I fucking love it. We're back to new wave doom with this. There you go. I'm sold. Two minutes in, and I can already tell you this is one of my favorite tracks on the record. Yeah, like, okay. This, this thing's excellent. Now I'm thinking the previous song was a setup. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm thinking they made it that fast and that different, so this one would feel slower and even, like, deeper More and darker. More yeah. I, and, and I will appreciate the prior song for that. There you go. I, I hope it was intentional. Maybe that's what the guy did to make the, the sound. It, He's like, hey, throw that one at the end, and the end will feel really empty. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Fucking works. Right. I'll take the full five plus minutes of this. It's almost yeah, six, I, I think. This is, this I think it's six. One, it's like yeah. 5.55. It's almost six, but I'll take all six minutes of it. I think this yeah. song's great. I And again, that's the Doom Boy in me now. There you go. The Doom, Doom Boy. Boy. I'll take I'll take the, the six minutes of this Doom new wave, <laughs> which I might Doom investigate. Wave. if I, could, I bet you there are other Doom wave bands out there. There so probably we'll see. are. We'll see I what's going on. Own. But this it's a real good. It's a real good closer. Real good track. Fantastic. So top three, then top three, my number three will be she's lost control. Okay. Big Solid. That song. Big really that great. Song. Yep. My number two, I remember nothing. Okay. Closer. Wow. Take that's your it. number two. Take all of it. Number one, shadow play. There what it a is. fucking great song. Yep. Yep. What an, what an incredible song. Yep. As previously said, my number one is shadow play. <laughs> yes. Uh, number two is disorder. I love it as an opener. That bass. Like okay. it's just phenomenal. I think it, it does a great job as an opener. It yeah. does it. It, do, it does exactly what it should. It it warms you up. It preheats you for this record. Yeah, for sure. But as the standalone song, it's I, I think that what was it? Wilderness is stronger. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, my number three is Inner Zone. I love the, okay the seventies rock song that you that I, we took different ways. Yeah, we we definitely took different <laughs> ways. I I like it. And then if I had a number four, it'd be She Lost Control. Man, what, it's, it's that one-two punch is crazy. That one-two yeah. punch is so crazy. Yeah, she's lost control into shadow play is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, before I ask you the question, I have some cleanup. Please do. From Ann Curtis struggled with personal problems, including a failing marriage, depression, and epilepsy. Okay. As the band's popularity grew, Curtis's health condition made it increasingly difficult for him to perform. He occasionally experienced seizures on stage. He died by suicide on the eve of what would have been the band's first North American tour in May 1980 at age 23. So the night before they were going to America to tour. Yeah. Was when it happened. Okay. There's another because Human League broke up right before their first big yeah. tour. What's going on in Europe, Scott? I'm <laughs> telling you, bro, there was no other time for me to bring you this record than this week it after is. the Human League. It yeah. is. It was it was perfect. Yeah. And I am not going to say that that didn't help me. I think it helped yeah, me. I'm sure because listening to Human League all last week, like and then just jumping getting into, into this. it, and then jumping into this, it was yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sound. There's a lot of similar sounds. I guarantee you, the Human League was influenced a little bit at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. And then you can probably trace them both back to Kraftwerk. I'm going to continue to yeah. go back to that fucking well that. because holy fuck, have you ever yeah. listened to Kraftwerk record? 
one. Uh, Trent. I'm not going to bring one to you because it, it'd be like trying to talk about um, jazz. It's just hard to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. It's hard. There's because there, there's stuff that happens, but what are you going to say? Oh, Wait, well, I heard a bell here. There like, wasn't, there was a sound. <laughs> there was a bell here. I heard some screeching over here. It's right. Yeah. But I, I I'm a big craft work guy. I want to get more into craft work. I think I got, I think I listened to three albums. I think I own two. I think I listened to one, uh, kind of like a sepia tone picture on the cover of the band, like four guys. Your guess is as good as mine's gone. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the name of it though. But putting your head into the time that they were fucking making those records, man. Yeah. Wow. Like, I don't even understand. It would be like now just grabbing a new genre out of the ether. Like I don't even yeah, understand just out of nowhere. how you do it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's nuts. Joy Division's second and final album, Closer, was released two months later after Curtis killed himself. It had the single Love Will Tear Us Apart, and that became their highest charting releases. Uh, Closer and Love Will Tear Us Apart, their highest charting releases. How do, how does do, would I know that song? What's that song sound like? Love, love will tear us apart again. Okay, I might have heard that. It's, yeah, but it's kind like, of a, so the opposite of love will keep us together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love, love will keep us together. Yeah, no, Make me bear whatever. Definitely the opposite of that. Okay, and it was and it was all like rec- it was already done recorded. Like when yeah. Ian. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then now what? You have new order information for me? They went on to yeah. Form new between order. between July and October 1980, the remaining members regrouped under the name New Order. Yeah. They were successful throughout the next decade, blending post-punk with electronic and dance music influences. In 2023, both Joy Division and New Order were nominated as one act for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, I think I did know that too. Yeah, I don't think they got in though. I don't think so. Yeah. But you think that would be a wrap? Like if they're both on the ticket? Yeah, same, you would think that you would it. think like, that, yeah, put them in. They're automatically in. Now, yeah. have you listened to New Order? No. Okay. Nope. Never I mean, listened to New Order. I like New Order. Yeah. But that's only a recent thing. Like it's sure. probably only a couple of years ago that I got into them. Okay. And I don't know if I have it in me to like pretend like I care that much about a new order <laughs> record to bring <laughs> right. to you. Right. And also the key thing you said there about the difference between New Order and Joy Division is I think I don't think Joy Division has dance music incorporated. Not really. And there's but a new order that's kind of dancing. If you if you watch videos of Ian Curtis performing, he does he does what they call the epilepsy dance. Okay. During uh and it's it's pretty wild and I think uh questionable now. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. But he did have epilepsy. He definitely did. <laughs> he actually uh he worked at like a community center helping epileptic people get jobs that's cool and uh that actually brought on some mental health issues with him helping this one girl who just always had an attack when they came in and he would just see her laying on the floor going through a fit look how far medicine has come though you don't even hear a lot about epilepsy anymore not really we have dogs that can recognize it. That's how far science right? has come. Like right. that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Also, yeah. imagine being the first one to say, "My dog can tell me what I'm about to have a seizure." That'd be nuts. They're you're going to a home. Yeah, right. Yeah, they don't. They're putting you, at all. you. They're putting you away. One hundred percent. Yeah, but brand. 
Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures, Throne, Own, Phone, or Grown. For this record, I it was comfortable because I knew somebody sounds from New Order. Mm-hmm. So it was a comfortable record. The vocals that I liked really helped it out a lot. I didn't get any of the sad vibes, which is a positive for me. No, because that would, that's perfectly fine for you. That would probably have brought me down if it was just like too in that too realm. Sad. Yeah. Like like forcing it almost, maybe. Sure. But I think that's what music was supposed to be. It's supposed to be about like they write it and then you interpret it. Like that's what music was always supposed to be. Sure. Really? I mean, I guess ask Wagner, I'll probably tell you something different. But <laughs> it's a phone. It's a strong okay. phone. Okay. And the only reason it's not an own there, there's a lot of tracks on here. I like to, I, I would like, but when it came down to, if it was on my shelf and I have, I have some new order records, like in my want list. Okay. And if I had this and some new order records on my shelf, I would probably spin a new order record before I spun a joy division. That doesn't discount that. I think that there might be an asterisk that we might need to start putting in these. Cause I might buy this down the road. Right. And then this could retroactively become an own by default. <laughs> right. Because I do own it. Right. And that could probably be said about some other records too, but it's a very strong phone. I like a lot of I like a lot of these tracks. Okay. The the iconography it definitely was, I think, more of a turnoff to me for years than it oh, was yeah. like excited, just because it was it had such mythos behind it. Yeah. That even though there wasn't that audible hype, when you see something that much, there is hype. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad that I wasn't lost in that. I'm glad yeah. I was able to see through that because I like I like this record a lot. Well, really, now really you know what everybody record. was wearing the T-shirt about. I don't, though, because yeah. the things I like about this record, I'm pretty sure are not a lot of the things well, that other people like. Now you know what it was actually about, not <laughs> what the people wearing the T-shirt thought it was about. Yeah. And like now I think the next time I see somebody wearing one, do I say something? No, you don't like, want to be that guy. Like, I, am I, I don't like I, that guy. I'm not, I'm not being a like, hey, what's your, like, name so, a name track. Th- name three tracks. That's not the guy I'm name trying three to be. tracks. Yeah, I hate that. I'm trying to be the guy. Oh, but then I also would feel like an asshole because I would want to say like, hey, what's your favorite track? Yeah. But that also kind of sounds like name three tracks. Yeah, it does. But I just want to have a conversation. Right. You could just say, I love that record. Great shirt. I love that record. I'm probably not going to say great shirt because it's not a great shirt because a lot of people have. Yeah, but it is a great shirt. I love the cover. I think I think it's cool as hell looking. It's definitely in the zeitgeist, and I don't think it will ever leave. It's it's part of being culturally. If you want to be culturally literate in this realm of music, this era, even you need to know what that you is. have to know it. Yeah, but uh, it's so much in the zeitgeist white? that I make that shirt white. No, they probably make the second album cover in white because that cover is white. Hmm. I'd like to see a little, but then again, then, then you mess around with designs, I guess. I was going to say, I'd like to see some different color versions of it, but the, then that's not the album cover. I, I've seen this album cover made to look like kitty heads that I almost bought for Emily. Like the, the pulsar waves okay. look like cat, like heads, like ears, cat okay. ears with a head. Like Meow the Joe, like Meow the Jewels. Yes, like Meow the Jewels, but <laughs> Meow Division. Okay. Unknown meows. Unknown, yeah. Un- unknown pure purrs. Unmeown purrs. <laughs> Man, we went too far on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a solid phone now. Okay. And now that I know what it's about, yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna reach out to anybody because 
most of the people wearing a Joy Division shirt probably don't want to talk about other human beings either. Probably not. Probably not. I kind of just want to know if people still like people still think this record is sad, or what makes them sad. Th- that's the thing. Would the doors make them sad? The doors kind of make me sad. But but, but how much is that? Is that Ian Curtis of, and John yeah, Morrison? All of the, Jim Morrison. John, did I say John? You did. You said John, John is a wrestler. <laughs> John Morrison is a wrestler. All my, all of my feelings for the Doors as well as Joy Division come from what ended up happening to the singers. Okay. I mean, I get some like slightly depressing vibes from this record as far as sounds go, but now, not, not really. Now, would the same be said about Elliot Smith? Yeah, all of my uh, Elliot Smith, just knowing who Elliot Smith is. But I mean, like, let's say Ian Curtis, mm-hmm. Jim Morrison, and Elliot Smith still alive. Okay, I mean, Jim Morrison will probably be dead either way. Yeah. <laughs> let's say all of them are still alive. Yeah. The bands still have the same stuff that they put out like mm. they they never put out anymore the bands broke up when when they would have died the bands broke up do you yeah. feel the same way about those all those artists i think you would still feel the same way about Elliot smith i would because he was incredibly troubled and it came through in his lyrics more than you know people are strange or yeah doors draft what Doors draft, dude. I I'm down. I don't even know how many records they have. Not enough, unless you go into the ones that they did after Jim Morrison died. Then we'd have eight, I think. I think the only thing interesting about the Doors is Jim Morrison. <laughs> it gets weird after he leaves. Like once you get rid of Jim Morrison, I, uh, I don't know. It's like getting rid of the cheese on pizza. Like then <laughs> I'm just eating, just eating crust, <laughs> eating crust, crust and sauce. sauce. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about. Joy Division had Ian Curtis not like I would still like it. I love the music. I love this record. Yeah. It's definitely not sad to me lyrically. Uh Closer gets a little more sad, okay. especially with Level Terrace Apart. That's kind of a really, really sad song that was dealing with his failing marriage and his relationship with another female. Closer gets a little more lyrically sad in my opinion so i don't know where he would go from there i'm trying to think of artists that like them being dead makes it different to me Mm -hmm. maybe suicide silence maybe okay but i also like never it's probably like you and lane like i never really checked out their stuff after after yeah even though they replaced him with a very capable guy but Mm -hmm. like mitch was the guy yeah and then I'm trying. I mean, there's plenty. I guess Casey from Hawthorne Heights, but I don't think my, I don't that think was, my opinions of Hawthorne Heights changes one way or the other. I was gonna say that's kind of different because. Oh, that sounds kind of shitty though. It does. We yeah, that did. Sound I don't wrong. think my opinion of Hawthorne Heights changed based on Casey passing away. Is yeah, that better. I don't know. That still feels. Weird. I don't think there's a way to say that correctly. I think no. Don't turn this on me. I think I'm it's sorry. weirder that you have. Oh, this this. If they're dead, I like them more. No, no, no. Oh, I don't say that. No, the the band because of because they've passed away. 
when you hear their music, it means more to you because you hear, you know, the end of it, you oh. know, you know how it ended. So gotcha. you, you hear different things. Fragile future and skeletons after Casey died, I think are their, my favorite records of theirs. Fragile future is hundred percent. My favorite record by them. but that's also, they put a lot more feeling into those mm. records than they did when he was alive. Yeah. I don't know. That was a weird uh, tangent to get off. Our- that was, that was a, yeah that was that was off but scott yeah joy division was the other thing you were listening to this week what's your record of the week my record of the week is military gun life under the gun is it's, it military with a y or an ie no it's ie yeah i've seen the name but i don't think i've ever listened it was on that list of 40 records that you <laughs> said you listened to six and i listened to four so now you've listened to five no that was that was number four. Oh. um yeah it's relatively new I really dig it. It's only got one downside. The songs are too short, in my opinion. Okay. Like, I start getting in a groove with the songs, and then they're just done. But okay. I love it. I think it's fantastic. They're, um, I saw somebody describe them as pop, pop punk meets Fugazi. And you like that. And I kind of like that. <laughs> they remind me a lot, um, musically, of Drug Church. Okay. who you haven't listened to yet because I haven't brought them to you. Yep. Um, but I really, really got into them. And I love this record. It's super good. Yeah. Uh, my record of the week will be, uh, there's a track that you know that I've been getting into came out recently. It's that, um, uh, it's Best Friends. Is it just called Best Friends? But it's Ex Ambassadors and Medium Build. It's called Friend for Life. The song's called Friend for Life. But my record of the week, because of that song and because learning about Medium Build, I went back and checked out Media Build. I believe it's it's the last album. Okay. And it's called Wild. And it is fucking excellent. Okay. I, I don't know if I would have got into it without without this track. Without Friend for Life. Friend for Life. I don't it's such a perfect nostalgic track. Like, I wish he would have said something other than Californication. Californication. Like ill communication. But see, it, I, it fits there too. Ill communication is so much better than Californication. But I think Californication works perfectly within the song because it is just two kids in the bass because you don't know anything about music. You don't know anything. <laughs> Californication was giant because everybody listening to it didn't fucking know anything. Oh, I just can't. This is definitely it. an anti pepper podcast. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, when I was younger, when did Californication come out? What's the year on it? I uh, 2002 maybe 3 ish maybe even late 90s I don't know 99 okay so when Californication came out Scott I was 9 yeah I was so a like you're going to senior hear, in high school yeah you're going to hear what scar tissue yeah scar and, tissue that I wish you saw god and, <laughs> and like that's just you're just singing along to it because that's yeah. what's on the radio that's the pop so yeah. like I I'm going to guess I don't know I'm going to guess that the guy from X Ambassadors and the guy from Medium Build are probably a little younger than you. Be- I would, based off of yeah. that alone. Based off of that alone. Where they were like 15 when that came out? Yeah. Around that age where you're discovering music more? I'm going to try. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to find. I don't even know who these people's names are. I don't know how I'm going to find their ages. X Ambassadors, the singer is also has a brother. He's blind and plays keyboard. In the same band? Mm-hmm. So Sam Harris and Casey Harris. I think Casey is the singer or maybe Sam. I, yeah. One of the two. They're 29 to 31. So they're younger than me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're younger than me. How old is this fucking medium build guy? 
I feel like he's younger than them. I know. I think so too. But I, I don't see his age. But I, they're definitely younger. I think both. Yeah, but they're both definitely younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and guess. I think Californication would have already been definitely those hits are playing on the radio without a doubt. For sure. So I, that that's why to me it's more nostalgic. We just spent a long time on something that didn't really matter. We did. <laughs> welcome to this podcast. That should welcome, be. We should rename to... it. We should spend a lot of time on something that doesn't matter. That should be yeah. the name of the of the podcast. You were looking for Joy Division. No, we're going off about. We're talking about the doors. Ambassadors. We're talking about <laughs> ex ambassadors. That's what we're talking about. That's what Zeb says about. I know what you want. One hundred percent. Sex Pistols. We went on Sex yeah, Pistols we did. for a while. Yeah, we did. But okay, so I don't have anything to give you next week, Scott, because it's draft no. week. It's draft week, and it is a wild draft week, and it's a first for us. Yeah, it's that's why it's wild. We're drafting an uh, an artist that we didn't cover once. We no. didn't cover twice. No. We covered three times. Three times. Three episodes so, about the same band. So now we're going to draft their discography, and I couldn't be happier about this, Scott. I yeah. have already said we could shut it down after this. My dreams have come true. <laughs> no, we are going to have to draft my favorite band next. <laughs> we are going to draft the Acacia Strain. Yeah. And it's pretty real, pretty wild, though, because you it is. never even listened to them before. Not before this. Well, you listen to Slow Decay, but. That's so yeah, but me. that was yeah, that was from <laughs> you though. So yes. yeah, I never knew about this band until you told me about them. Yeah, and now you have been through their discography many times already. I have listened to it all the way through, multiple times, and I will continue to do that for the next week. So I'm sure we will be saying on the episode that we did an episode on this album, but we're still going to touch on it. Yep. But if you want to brush up on the Case Trace discography before next week. Oh yeah! By all means, go get angry. I guess. <laughs> but if you would, if you would not like to listen to it and just want to listen to about three albums, we have three, three episodes that we covered. We sure we do. Covered Continent, Wormwood, and Coma Witch. We did. So if you want to check those out, go ahead. If not, whatever. Leave and who life. knows? Opinions might have changed from opinions that were said. Yeah. In those episodes, things. We who knows what happens. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe I come out and pick and life is very long. First pick. Who knows? You know, nobody would knows. you, would you never suck it I'm I'll already, I'll already tell you if you get first pick and that you want that, you could take it after me because I, I will not take that first or gotcha. yeah, I will not take that for my first pick, but I think that's it. Acacia strain next yeah. week. Acacia strain draft next week. Should be exciting. It should be. It's, I still think it's crazy that we're doing it. I'm excited because I I could probably not even listen to a lick of Acacia Strain until we do the draft, and I would and you just as yeah just as where I'm at. Like I'm, you have your opinions already. Yeah, I don't think many are going to change. There might be some lower down that flip flop. Sure, but we'll see. I I have a pretty solid idea of what I want. All right, so I'm going to listen again the rest of the week and see if those opinions change, but. I have a pretty solid I have a pretty solid hold on what what ones I want. You don't have your rankings written down yet. They're not in stone. Not in stone yet. Okay. Well, tune in for that next week. Scott, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the album. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. I'm I'm glad you liked this record as much as you did. Yeah, I did. Liked it a lot. Yeah, Fan I'm of it. I'm glad and you timed it perfectly. You it had manipulated to be. it perfectly into where it needed to be. It had to be right after the human league. 
Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmo.com. Follow the Twitter at AWALPod, the Instagram at AWALPod. Join the Facebook group, link will be in the show notes. Listen to all the Joy Road Media podcasts. Listeners, thank you for listening. Always. Listen to something you love. Listen to something new. Yes, please. Enjoy what you listen to. Are you listening? Are you listening? I, I never once thought that the Sex Pistols were doing anything but heroin and playing punk music. No, you can listen to some disco. I will survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. I want them slow, slow and deep. deep. That was, ooh, pause. <laughs> that was, that's something. You had some lasers and I'm in. What's going on in Europe, Scott? The doors kind of make me sad. Got some hot stuff, baby, this evening. Got some hot stuff, baby, tonight.